0: tonight's episode is brought to you by bendetti optics my adventure blog over at sherpa.com and you our listeners it's a catastrophe it's a cat-ass trophy like let's get our emphasis on the right syllables like it is a cat-ass trophy What is up, all of you Wayward Souls, and welcome back once again to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast where we just tell a whole lot of stories. They are broad-ranging. Mostly, it's kind of loosely themed around the idea of self-discovery, finding yourself, but as we discussed in the last episode, you know, maybe there's more value in seeing things as you're actually creating yourself. Um, yeah, Honestly, the more I've had a chance to um, marinate on that and let that really permeate my little brain. Um, I really, really like that guys, you know, stop and think about it. Okay. It's, it's another way of wording. What, what's that old saying? Um, life's a journey, not a destination. And that's one of those cliches that we just skim right past because, you know, you've heard it so many times, like it, we hear it and we kind of sort of get the idea. Oh yeah, whatever. But like, you don't actually think about it. And apply it because you hear it so much. But if you stop and think about what that statement is saying, if you're constantly focused on the destination where you're trying to get, which is in your mind's eye, utopia like, you know, wherever it is, it's that's what I want my life to be, or that's what I want this situation to be. That means that you're not completely satisfied with where you're at more often than not, most likely, right? If you're constantly comparing and focused on, the end result of what you think would be the perfect thing for you or at least make you happy. Well, that's going to, by contrast, continually remind you of that you're not super pleased with the way things are. And that's not a super healthy way to live. That saying, life's a journey, not a destination. Well, it's a cliche for a reason because it actually has some real depth to it if you stop for a second and actually think about it. This is about where we're going and how we're getting there. It's not just where we're going. It's how we are getting to that. And you can really enjoy the getting to that when you apply that to the concept of a road trip, which I think may be an episode pretty soon. Just the broad generalities of, you know, road tripping and how you do it and how I do it and what's so great about it. But anyway, let's just choose a place. I want to get to Vermont. I want to go see what's actually in Vermont. Like I know they have like maple syrup, but other than that, they have to do other things there too, right? Like here in Arkansas, we do chickens. And we do meth, okay? So there's at least usually more than one thing that a state is actually really like good at or known for or whatever. So we want to go to Vermont. Well, you could hop a plane and fall asleep for three hours and fly to Vermont. And that's the quick way to get there. That's easy. But, like, you miss so much. Like, for me here in Arkansas, you know what I'd miss between here and Vermont? Because this, I've looked into this. This is a road trip I intend to take. But, you know, if I was going to go to Vermont, um, well, I would miss all of the Ozark Mountains. I would miss a good, huge portion, actually, of the Appalachians in multiple states between here and there, there's so much to see and so much to do along the way. Like the joy is the exploration. It's the journey to get there. Um, And that's kind of the idea behind life's a journey, not a destination. And the broader idea of what I'm kind of talking about from last week, which was, it's not about finding out who you are, figuring that out so much. You can kind of figure that out pretty quickly. If you really think about it, it's starting to create that That's the journey is the creation. And so like, I just really like that concept way more. It's about creating yourself, not finding yourself because it really puts the focus on the everyday stuff you do. Like as I'm creating myself, it's a continuation of making this podcast, you know, pursuing my creative outlets, trying to improve my future through going to school, going to college. Like I just got started and we talked about some last week. These things are actually enjoyable in and of themselves and they're not a terrible place to be. Yeah, do we want it to be like a little more do I want it to be more free-flowing? Would I love to be getting paid to be a photojournalist? You know, like absolutely, but you know, that's not the case. I'm like all the rest of you, all of us that have to have a job and have responsibilities with families and so on and so forth, right? So we have to get what we can as we go. And if we focus on it'll be awesome when I get there, it makes where we're at right now sound kind of terrible by comparison. So the idea of creating yourself all along the path, the things you are doing are parts of the things that will make up the whole, the, it's just the parts that will make the sum total at the end someday. And most likely anyway, the end results not going to look anything like what was perfectly in our mind anyway. And it may be way better. It may be even way better. So anyway, yeah patented waywards on tangent, but like, you know, that's me. These are the ways I think, and maybe why I don't have a huge listenership. (laughs) But, um, you know, anyway, I enjoy making the show and a whole lot of you are enjoying listening to it, which I appreciate. And I appreciate all of you that have been sharing it as well. Please continue to do so like tell people about it word of mouth um like and subscribe all those things that we always talk about hugely hugely important guys means so 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 much um but so let's get on with it um you know what i just got back from alton illinois like basically st louis again i may have already mentioned this this is take two of tonight's first part segment um but if i did i know i didn't complete the thought i want to tell you guys just a little bit about alton illinois Because I was actually staying in St. Louis. It's right across the Missouri and Mississippi River from St. Louis. It's in Illinois. And it is actually a really crazy, cool little town. This is not so much outdoorsy, but it's the travel aspect. Like If you guys like to travel and explore new things and new places to um, eat and history and museums and art and those kinds of things... Alton's really, really cool, and I'd never heard of it in my entire life until I went and started delivering there, and I'm suddenly driving around in this giant 24, 26 foot long, 20,000 pound metal tin can, this garbage can that I deliver packages out of, going down these literally 200 year old brick streets up. Insane inclines through mansions that are 200 years old. The history there, guys, they have like over 200, or maybe it's upwards of 300. It was a ridiculous amount when I started looking at their local historical society's webpage of like literally mansions and historical buildings that have been preserved. It is a massive number and it is a really old city cuz you got to think it's right there by St. Louis right which we're going back a couple hundred years at least you're getting back into like that part of the world is when european settlers first really or explorers so to speak or conquerors however you choose to look at it actually it's a little bit of all of them put together um started really exploring the interior of north america of north america um it's a really old city and i'm going up these like literal original 200-year-old brick-drive streets through mansions through a historic district delivering packages to people. Man, there's this one view at this one house that's on the bluff over the confluence of the Mississippi and the Missouri. Actually, actually, let me take that back. I'm lying. That is not the confluence, but it's overlooking the Mississippi River. And it's it's an amazing, y'all. And there's so many things to do. There's so many places to check out. These really, I mean, and also it was a huge stop on the Underground Railroad. It has a huge history that's well-documented. Stuff all over downtown that you can look at. A bunch of old, old, old buildings in downtown. Like, I had to ride like a 95-year-old elevator, y'all. And I was going to have a heart attack. I was up seven stories. And this thing's creaking and groaning and moaning. And I was like trying to make peace. I was trying to make peace that it's all over with. But it was really cool. They've got a bald eagle viewing site down there by the dam. There's a dam on the river. It's the second one before the end of the lock system on the Mississippi River. And from there down to the Gulf of Mexico, the next one's just a few miles downriver. And from there on, it's free flowing all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And I went and did their little tour of their site and went up on top the dam and watched a huge 1,200 foot long barge lock through from right directly above it. Super cool. Just all kinds of interesting little stuff. Mostly historically interesting. If you're a history nerd, look into Alton, Illinois. And the next time you're around St. Louis, go spend some time there. I think you'll thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And also like again, they've got several pairs of nesting bald eagles right across the river from this dam and they have a couple of damn viewing sites. Um, it's a whole damn thing, to be completely honest with you guys. Um yeah, so let's move on. Let's get into tonight's episode. I just I wanted to mention Alton. Alton is really, really interesting place to me, and that's where I've spent the last few weeks, and I thought you guys would enjoy hearing about it. But anyway, let's get on. We're going to talk about, if you read the title of the show, which most of you do, Um, this is going to be about some gear stuff. So like we talked about gear before, Um, tonight it's I'm kind of coming at it from an angle of how do you choose your gear? How do you choose the gear that you were going to use? That is going to be subjective to each and every single one of us because we all have multiple interests. We also have multiple required levels of comfort in order to have a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, guys, I literally know a dude or I did. It's been a few years since we talked, but he was very proud that he could go out in the woods with nothing but a pocket knife and stay for a week and be totally OK. That's cool, man. But no. No no thank you. Like, and and I know this because I've done similar things. I've never gone out with as little as just a pocket knife, but similar ideas. I've absolutely done that. Um, Because when I got really into bushcraft, I'm a try it and do it kind of guy. It's like, you you know, you better, if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to learn about it, you need to go out there and live it. Right. So I've gone out there and done that. You know, the only thing that was really different is even by the time I was starting to get into bushcraft, I'd already kind of become a hippie. Like I used to hunt when I was young. I fished my whole life, but I haven't actually taken an animal's life in, God, probably 20 years, 15 or 20 years, because mostly I don't need to. If I needed to, I would. I'm not against hunting. Anyone who's listening to this, I'm not against it. I actually recognize, and for those of you that are against it, um, just something to consider. We actually need it. That's why the parks and um, the wildlife service is so important because where you don't have some kind of population control, you have like a million car strikes and insurance rates are through the roof, like far up in the Northeast. That happened somewhere where they i forget. I'd have to go back and find all that information. I'm not going to quote it, but it's out there to be found. I'm not against it. I just don't do it anymore because I don't need to. I needed to, I'd absolutely do whatever I do to to feed myself, but I just don't have a need to. I don't need to clean a fish. It stinks. It's gross. I just don't have any reason to do that anymore. So I take food out. But short of that, I've done what this other guy did with his pocket knife and it's miserable. It was fun once. Like, like, you know, you're out there building your lean too. You're doing your bushcraft. You're learning all these little things, but like, it's just not that much fun twice or three times. It's really kind of quite miserable. Yeah, you can make some things fairly comfortable, but it's just, it's so much hassle. It's so much work. I, I, I personally require a little bit more than just a pocket knife to have a good time out there. And that's what this is all about. It's not about proving our backwoods person ship. It's not about proving our toughness or endurance. It's about enjoying ourselves. Literally, and whatever it takes for you to enjoy yourself, like go out there, earn whatever street cred you feel like you need to earn. Like if you want to go out there and be a influencer or whatever, do whatever you need to, what you want to. But ultimately it comes down to like, we're just out there trying to enjoy nature, enjoy adventure, enjoy, enjoy exploration. Um, So that's what tonight's about. It's kind of talking about what kind of gear you need. How you choose your gear. And maybe just through having this little conversation, you know, maybe you can get some ideas. This is how I get ideas. I listen to a lot of outdoors podcasts, some of them that just drive me insane because they're way too political. And I'm like, I'm not here for politics. I'm here to be entertained. But like, I like listening to the stories that they tell or I like listening to their gear talk because. Though it may not be stuff I would ever buy, it might give me ideas, you know, and sometimes it is stuff I end up going and, you know, upgrading a piece of gear with. So that's what tonight's kind of intended to be. How did we get here? Why am I having this conversation with you tonight? Why is that what you're listening to tonight? Well, because I mentioned, you know, last week that I've started classes, college classes, and it's a big time investment and I already don't have any time, you know, my brain got into, this is just my personality. I got into nesting mode in a way. I started looking at everything, trying to get everything done and taken care of. It's like if you've ever had to have a surgery before, it's like you try to clean the house to spotlessness. You, you try to make sure you have all kinds of food or like say you're going to have an oral surgery, some kind of major amount, uh, work done um, at the dentist, you're out there buying all the jello, right? You're buying all the chocolate pudding. You're buying all the mashed potatoes. You're trying to make sure that you're going to be able to have something to eat and not have to get up off the couch. Like you, you trying to, you know, again, you're nesting, you're trying to get all your ducks in a row, tie up your loose ends. Well, this is kind of what it did to my brain is it's like, You're about to have no time and you also do know how important it is for you to get your little adventures here and there. And for me, life is literally about preparation. Like successful living is like thinking about it, preparing for it, getting, gathering and organizing the things you need to do it and then putting them away so that at the moment you need to do it or you have the chance to do it or whatever it is, you have access to the tools, the pre-prep, you're ready to go. That's just how I work little bit OCD, but whatever. That's my life. So it put me in this mindset of like, okay, we got to, um, you know, you've got, I've had loose ends that have been hanging around in my gear spectrum, my gear world, the realm of my gear that I've been trying to find the right answer to for some of these several years, to be completely honest. Like I keep trying new stuff and it doesn't work. And I've realized one more little thing. Oh, if this were just this way, or it had this little thing. This would literally exactly serve my purpose. But as it is, it's really an an Achilles heel for me. It's really causing me issues. But like, you don't just go out there like us. This is one of those things, the overview of us as a group, is like 98 to probably 99% of us are normal everyday Joes like myself. I hope that most of you are. I hope that I'm talking to people who are wanting to start exploring and start get out and find themselves and create themselves. I hope that's a big part of my audience. I hope that's who you are, is someone who wants to learn and get out and start doing all of these things. Well, for us, we have jobs, we have lives, we have some of, you know, college, we have all these things, there is a balancing act of need versus want, comfort versus discomfort, and ultimately, usually, financial. Like, we can't just afford to do whatever. I don't know where these kids, y'all, like, and I ain't even going to, like, bag on y'all because it's good for you, wherever you got your money, even if mom and dad are giving it to you, because it's got to be coming from somewhere. Like, I'm 41 years old with a damn well-paying job these days that I have to suffer to no end for, and I can't afford an $80,000 truck. Like there's no way I can afford it. So somewhere, somewhere that money's coming from and I good on you. I'm not bagging on you kids, but it does make me kind of hit bang my head against the wall. Sometimes when I see a 16 year old driving an $85,000 truck, I'm like, how, how, but any way around it, most of us are not those people who can just be like, oh, you know what? I'm ready to go cabbing. I'm going to start exploring the world. So I'm going to go spend $380 on a North Face bag or a Kelty bag. I'm going to go buy a $400 ultralight tent. And, you know, we we can't. We literally cannot do that. But we still want to go, right? So there's this battle, this balancing act of need versus want, comfort versus discomfort, and and of money. Mostly it comes down to money. You only have so much expendable income for the majority of us working class folks, right? We're just trying to make ends meet. But you do need certain gear to, well, I mean, for one camp, that's absolutely, you have to have certain things to go camp, right? I mean, you can make it simple. (laughs) $60 hammock, $60 rain fly and live the way I have out in the woods for a long, long time. And I enjoy that. But some people don't have that option. Some people I've heard many times can't do a hammock because of their back and it creates issues with their back and then they can't go hike the trails they wanted to hike. So like, again, it's all subjective to each of us individually. So how do you guys choose what you're going to find? Well, for me, again, it's mostly trial and error and it's, that's the hard part is the trial and error. I hate returning stuff. I hate going through all these processes. Sometimes you just throw money away. It was crap. The the company actually was out of China and their customer service is garbage and you literally can't get a reply and you just threw away 40 bucks or whatever. Sometimes that happens and it sucks when it does, but you also live and learn and you take that lesson forward into your next gear purchase or whatever. Um so what we're going to talk about tonight is like I've been in this nesting mode and there's been four main things that have been hanging around on my list of things I can't quite figure out and get right. One of them's backpacks. Another is how to record my adventures because this project's important to me. It's not necessary, no it's not, but in a way it is. My articulation of me And what I want to share with the world. This is huge to me. My podcast, my YouTube channel, these things mean the world to me. That I feel like I'm living out a part of my purpose. I'm literally creating myself. This is a huge part of it. And so recording and how I get to share with you guys through photography and actual live video recording of my adventures. That's a big deal to me. And there's literally been an ongoing issue with camera stuff. For like the length of the time I've been doing this show and even a little bit before and we're going to talk about that quite a bit because a lot of you are photographers and you're going to like totally get where I'm coming from and maybe you guys will get some ideas and maybe you can write in and tell me or go over and visit our Facebook page, which I wish y'all would come join the Facebook group. If you have a Facebook, come join the group and talk in there. Nobody uses it. Literally nothing happens there. It's crickets and it's not even crickets anymore. They've all died like nothing's happening there. You guys come join the group and let's talk. Like I will get on there. I will have conversations with you 100%. One of my favorite things about having this show is connecting with you human people out there. Please go online, go to Facebook and the group is literally just wayward stories. You can't miss it. And there's a super convoluted question on there that I put there because it amuses me. Amuse me with your answer. You can't get that one wrong. You'll recognize it when you see it. Anyway. When it comes to cameras, a lot of you are photographers and you will be able to come and say, hey, I tried this and it worked. I tried that and it didn't work. I know exactly what you're talking about. So we're going to talk about cameras some. The other is a good pair of water shoes for time on the river and basically a sleeping bag situation. I've got all of these things and have had all these things, but they aren't functioning at a high level for me the way that I need them to. And they've been a literal loose end that because of cost or whatever, not finding the right product has just been a recurring Trying to get to the right place. And that came to not ahead, but back to the surface in the last week as I've been nesting and wanting to get all of my outdoor gear in order and ready to go. And just because I'm OCD, this is the obsessive part. (laughs) Get it done and finished and tie up all those loose ends. So that's, you know, kind of what started tonight. And also yesterday, had my daughter yesterday or had my daughter for the weekend and it was going to be time to take her home last night around five o'clock. Well, about nine in the morning. Get dispatch, and we've got a call out for search and rescue. Someone's missing up White Rock Mountain, just north of Shores Lake, somewhere in that broad area. Franklin County was going to be the, or is the responding agency, and they've called us. We're we're on their um, on-call list for help, and we were ready to go. A lot of our team actually mobilized on the spot. It's great when it happens on a weekend because you can send 20 stinking people. It's a drop of a hat. I couldn't go immediately, but it gave me an opportunity. I was like, I've got five hours until or six or seven hours until I drop my daughter off and I'm able to respond. So, you know, me and my daughter, we did our thing like we always do. But I went ahead and brought my backpack inside and I used it as a teaching opportunity and learning. She thinks that's the coolest thing ever that I do search and rescue as any seven year old does, I guess. And I try to use that to instill upon her, you know, the importance of giving back, the importance of helping others. Um, I just think it's a good thing for kids to have in their mind. Like, and so to be able to bring my pack in and I even got to show her the dispatch, pulled it up on my phone, let her listen to it. You know, and I showed her, I was like, yeah, whenever I take you home tonight, I'm going to head up there and we're going to go help them out. We're going to see if we can't find this person. And I just went through my bag because I had six or seven hours and sitting there next to her on the couch and letting her watch and ask questions and talk about the stuff in my bag. And it really dawned on me. I have been struggling under, I've been using my search and rescue bag, dual purpose as my hiking bag. And it just over the course of many hikes, I'm like, there's just too much I carry every day for a normal hike. That's not search and rescue. Like it's good for strengthening my back. It's good to carry all that weight. It's good exercise. It's a lot of things like that. But at the end of the day, it's just bugging me. And it also looks all tactical and stuff. You know, it's got my search and rescue patch on there. It's got my NASAR cert patch on there. It's got freaking, um, you know, medical shears like clothing shears and a trauma pack. And it's got all these things. And I'm just out there on a day hike with people. It's a little bit much. Okay, it's almost even a little bit embarrassing on that end of things. It's just too much. It served a purpose for a while. I experimented with this idea. It served a purpose for a hot minute. Like, okay, well, this makes things simple. This is downsizing. This is making it simple. This is creating. It's efficient. It's efficient. And efficiency is key to, you know, getting things done in an effective manner, honestly. um. But at the end of the day, after several months of this, or probably over a year of this, I'm like, this is just, it's too much. And there are too many things that I do pop in and out of my modular system. And it's just a hassle every time. And it takes time. So it's like, why not? You'd need to get another backpack. You need to get another backpack, one that's specifically for day hacking, but fits your bill of needs. And for me, it comes down to like, Photography equipment, of course, some form of a small trauma pack. And yeah, the things for medical, because like I've told you guys before, even if I'm not going out there in a search and rescue capacity. Oh, and by the way, the man was found not long before I had to take my daughter home. So and it was a successful find. He was OK. They got him, took care of him. So I didn't even have to deploy. And that's great because they found him and they found him fast. And that is key to recovering people in a still alive state. Um so that was all good. Um just to tie up that loose end. Didn't even tell you how it turned out. Turned out good. Everything was good. But when I'm going out even not in a search and rescue capacity and this should be any of you guys that are volunteers with search and rescue or any kind of first responder, you should absolutely have. I mean, I would say you're remiss in your duties as a human being, honestly, if you don't have a tourniquet and some kind of stop bleed, some kind of sealox or or whatever. You don't have a few things that are just basic because stuff happens. Stuff happens out there. Not even just to you. Stuff happens out there. And if you're there, odds are dollars to donuts, you are going to run across something. And if you have the ability to respond because of your training... But you do not have the ability to respond because you don't have the equipment on you. Like that's like a shame on you. Like I'm I'm not here for that. Like the stuff for a small trauma kit weighs like next to nothing. It's not a big deal to carry around a bare basics to possibly save someone's life. So anyway, a bag that I need has got to be just big enough to have a little bit of a trauma kit in it somewhere. It's got to have my camera. It's got to have my audio equipment for recording, um, which isn't big. Comes down in a pretty small, you know, uh, like we talked about for basics for survival. When you go back to what should be in your day pack and all those different things on YouTube and here on the podcast, you know, the basic little things, but it also needs a place for my tripod to be securely um, fastened to it. So, like, I have multiple needs. Um, They're not like extravagant needs, but it needs to be multi purpose, right? I'm trying to make it a smaller pack, a lighter pack, because day hiking, it can be lighter. I don't need my whole search and rescue 24 loadout, even though I am a minimalist and I roll with just the necessities that I know it will take to get jobs done out there. Um, it's still heavier. It's still bulkier. It's still everything about It's a bigger pain in the rump is what it comes down to basically. Um, so for me, it's like, yeah, it just after yesterday and I'm already in nesting mode, I'm already in tying up the loose ends mode. I was like, yeah, you just you got to go find a backpack, dude, really. And I did a bunch of research online last night um, and looked at several different kinds and models. And I've already been looking at backpacks just as more of a. Uh, ancillary like it's kind of like okay it hangs out in the back of my mind whenever I'm somewhere any kind of an outdoor store any kind of a gear shop it's like okay like let's look what do they got no that's a cool idea oh I like that brand you know when you take little mental notes or you take pictures and you go look it up online and you price them out or whatever but you don't really move on it you just it's one of those I know I need to deal with this eventually and you're keeping an eye out right head on a swivel Well, yesterday and being in the mode that I'm already mentally in, I was like, no, let's go get a pack. Let's go find one. You know, I'm not going to settle if I don't find a pack. I'm not going to get one. But let's go try to put an end to this loose end. And so I did that actually earlier today. I went out and amazingly found a pack. I'm super excited about like and it was reasonable it was like $70 and it was super reasonable, 45 liters, but it that's like, it sounds large, but it's not, it's not huge. It's really not the way this pack is set up. And I'm super excited about it because all these years I've been trying to work out my backpack situation forever. Like we talked about, I've got a great video on a 5.11 um, Moab. I think it's a 12 liter, but it's like It's a sling pack and I love it. It's amazing. It's awesome quality. Go watch the review video. Buy one if it works for you. I've hiked for years with that thing and it was great. But when I started riding mountain bikes and I started trail riding, it slides around and ends up in front of me because it's a sling pack. It doesn't have two straps and it also puts a whole lot of weight and hurt on one of my shoulders. A lot of strain. So like that has to stop. So I had to get out of that bag and go and that's when I kind of once again consolidated down to the one bag and was trying to multi-purpose it um so now it's like okay well I'm going to replace the single sling bag which was so great for so long it just doesn't work all the way around for me um And I found this pack, and it—it's the way it's built. It's super tight, but it also has the ability to expand. This could easily be an overnight hike, Um, not necessarily through hike, unless you're a super duper minimalist, but totally a two to three day overnight hike. The way that, to the minimalist level that I am, I could get two or three days out of this easy I struggled with that out of my search and rescue bag when I did some overnights last year and I knew then this is not really a hiking pack this is a tactical pack meant to do tactical things with so all of these things kind of played together honestly to get me to the place where I was like yeah we need to like make some decisions we need to tie up this loose end and get it over with that search and rescue bag can have only search and rescue specific stuff in it and it can just live in the back of the ride and then you get you your day pack and yeah, it was a great idea. Time finally recognized that it had to happen and it's got to happen this way and that's back to that balancing act of trial and error. And years of trying and erroring, (laughs) erroring more than, um, you know, succeeding. But I'm thinking, I'm hoping if this thing has the quality, I think we got it right this time. The size is right. The fit is right. It feels great on my back and it's got a perfect place to secure my tripod, plenty of room for what I need, but it'll cinch down tight and stay nice and, and, um, compact and pulled against my back where I can carry the weight properly. But at the same time, is optional to expand larger when I go do some overnight stuff. Like I'm hoping, I'm hoping it works out. I'm hoping the quality is there. The straps are a little thin that concerns me, but I got it from one of the big, um, outdoor stores. Actually, I got it from Dick's. I was in there for something completely different, but I saw those packs and I was like, God, this is actually ticking all the boxes and it's really reasonably priced. Um, so I thought I'd try it, but I do have a few concerns. The strap seem to be quite thin, but since I bought it from Dix, that's where I was going with mentioning where I got it from. You get like the year or two, whatever warranty. And I will, I promise you, I will destroy it before that year warranty is up. If it can be destroyed by defective workmanship or faulty materials. So with that backing, put that receipt in the keep box back there so that if it ever goes bad I can go find it see if it's within the year get it taken care of it's it's nice to try to use those guarantees to your advantage um so I got me a new bag today and I'm excited I haven't even got to play with it yet I haven't even got to really start filling it up with the other gear um and getting it worked out between the two I didn't have time I gotta get this episode out I got some more school work to do got a lot of stuff going on um but I'm super excited Super excited to get into it and check it out. Because like I said, it finally fits and ticks all the boxes. And that's kind of what this is all about. You know, that's tonight's episode is there is the whole overview. There's the evolution of me trying to get to the right packs for the right jobs And that's again, what this is all about. And how do you guys choose? You know, you can look at my examples and you can kind of maybe build a little bit of a template out of that. Like, yeah, I'm not really digging the day hiking pack I have because I just got this nice one when I got started hiking or whatever. And it's, it's just too small. Like I do need a few more things in here. It doesn't wear right. It really hurts my shoulders. Maybe I need to upgrade out of this cheap backpack I bought to get started out there and actually go up and spend a few dollars and, Buy a pack that is actually designed for carrying weight on your back while you hike long distances. You know, there's a huge jump in quality from $30 at Walmart and $80 to $150 at Dick's or Academy or in you name the store, REI, wherever. Like I get stuff from all of them, order it online, whatever. There's a huge jump in the quality and things like that. And the biggest part for hiking packs especially is how it carries on your body because that can make or break a hike. That can ruin your day if you don't get one that fits you well and fits your body size and shape. And you actually get adjusted by the straps to the proper way because it's supposed to actually carry all the weight as much as can be on your hips. You know, that's a big part of it. And that chest strap pulling in tight puts more of the weight across the breadth of your back as opposed to just centered and really coming down on your shoulders so hard. So like it's worth spending the extra dollars. But once you start getting into that range, that's where I get into trouble is like, I know I can't do the cheap crap because I know that it's garbage through too many life experiences and being poor my whole life. But finding the middle ground of the upper mid-level stuff. I typically am not going to buy a name just because it's a name. But. I will if that's the best, if I think it is the best and everything backs that up in life experience or whatever user testimony of someone I personally know and I trust, if it backs it up, I may buy the best. I may spend the big name money if I think that's the right thing for my purpose, if I think that's the right tool for my job that I need to get accomplished. But typically, most of my gear is mid-range stuff because mid-range stuff is usually people using... The same kind of materials and processes and everything else is big names. It's kind of funny because we got a new sponsor tonight. It's going to be in this episode. And I did not plan this this way. I swear to God, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I did not plan this this way. But right now I'm going through the points of why I actually chose to use these guys for sponsorship, because they're literally a mid-range brand that, I don't know, like they're making the stuff just as good, just as well, looks just as great. But for a reasonable price, that you're not so like that you're afraid to go tear it up. You know what I mean? You you just heard the whole ad. Honestly, basically, you just don't know what it's about yet. It's coming right at you here in just actually a minute or two. <laughs> We're to the break section, but did not plan that. But it actually that's why I have them sponsoring, is because that's my mo that's my modus operandi when i go out i want gear that actually does the job but i want to get it at a reasonable price because i need to get it at a reasonable price because if i can't i probably can't have it if that makes sense so that's where i get into trouble is finding that upper mid-range stuff that is not paying for a name but still is really really good stuff I'm hoping this backpack that I got um, today, I'm hoping that it's gonna serve that purpose. Only time will tell if it's gonna hold up to abuse, but everything else, it ticked all of the boxes, and I'm super excited about that. Well, as I just mentioned, We're getting on to break time, so let's go to our ad break, and then we'll come back and let's talk camera stuff. Any of you guys that are photographers, hang around because we're going to talk all kinds of stuff, like the technical aspects of what I'm trying to do and what I want to do, and then we're going to get into the philosophy of it too. Like We're just going to talk about that some tonight because it does pertain. This is about how and what you buy and for what, and camera stuff, there's just this whole thing going on that I've been struggling with for a few years now, Um, so I think that might be interesting to listen to. Too, and I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on it. So hang around about a you know, couple minutes till after the break, and we'll get right into the camera talk when we come back. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I want to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, Bendetti Optics, a brand based right here in the good old US of A, Portland, Oregon, to be exact. And I bought my first pair of Bendetti sunglasses about a year and a half ago and fell in love with them so much so that I got online and ordered a couple of more pair. And when I did, there was a small shipping snafu, an order fulfillment snafu. And I got on the phone, gave him a call. And guess what? I get a call back from who? One of the big men themselves right there in Portland, from the top of the chain, have a great conversation, and we end up starting this great relationship. We have the more than made right, the little snafu that occurred. And I am now a huge proponent of them because I can tell you from personal experience, they are good people. And they're trying to compete with the big boys out there coming in at a price point of about $40, but using the exact same frame material, TR90, and the same polarization process as the big guys. As it turns out, something I think we are already probably new in our hearts, When you buy big name sunglasses, you're buying a big name. Not necessarily any more quality than you can get somewhere else, like at Bendetti Optics. They have 29 different styles. They have multiple polarization options for whatever climate you happen to live in. And they back it up with like this lifetime guarantee that if your dog eats your sunglasses, it doesn't matter how you break them. Send it back in with a check to cover shipping and handling and you're golden. You got a new pair on the way. These guys are truly trying to do it right. And they have this philosophy that a really good pair of sunglasses should not cost you so much that you are afraid to wear them. And I think all of us outdoorsmen can relate to that. So if you guys, like me, are very practical and like to get more bang for your buck and wear some great looking sunglasses, check out BendettiOptics.com. That's B-E-N-D-E-T-T-I, Optics.com. Or you can go over to Instagram slash optics, And that I highly suggest whether you buy a pair or not, just to check out the cutest pupper you'll ever see modeling sunglasses. Once again, that's BendettiOptics.com. And make sure and let them know Wayward Stories sent you. And welcome back. Thank you guys for sticking around, as always, through the sponsor break. you hear that? Like, I did not even mean, I swear to goodness, I didn't plan that out that way. But I mean, it makes sense. It stands to reason that that kind of coincidence could happen because that's, again, my M.O. That's how I operate. I want stuff to judge the job. I want good quality stuff, but I can't afford to pay out the nose for it. So it makes sense how that happened, but I swear, I swear, just a coincidence, did not plan that. So let's get on to talking about the camera quandary that I've been facing and see if any of you guys have any ideas. Um, Quick note, I don't know if you can hear that. It literally just started pouring rain. I'm here for it. But if you hear it, you might hear that in the background. I'm here for it. I love a rainy night. Oh, hey. That's right. I love a rainy night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Because if I break out into song, I'm going to lose all y'all really fast. Um so my camera quandary. Well, let's start with Let's start with the moving photography. Let's just pick one and go. So, like peek behind the curtain. The way I record all the videos you guys watch out there, like if you go over to the YouTube and watch my experiential videos, everything's done with my iPhone. Straight, I mean bigger peek behind the camera. I'm talking to my iPhone right now, y'all. This is what I'm recording on. See, I find ways to get stuff done that I can afford and that are as efficient as possible. I thought, okay, I went through forever starting this podcast. Like, let's, we'll talk about this for a minute. Again, give you guys a look behind the scenes of what kind of goes on. When I was getting ready to start this podcast, the huge, the biggest, biggest obstacle I faced was figuring out the technical aspects of it. Because I want it, I need it from everything I could read and everything I was being told. I need it to be on YouTube as well. Apparently, that's a big deal. And apparently, the just audio only audio only version on YouTube that any podcast host and platform will actually generate for you and just put your logo on the screen doesn't perform well. I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to look at some of the people that I listen to for an hour, but apparently they do. And I mean, honestly... I didn't believe that it would be that way, but I was wrong. Y'all actually get a lot of views um, on the YouTube version of my podcast, like quite a few. It kind of surprises me, but apparently a lot of people use YouTube to listen to their different kinds of online content. So I was like, well, how the heck without a production team of people to help take on this massive load, do I record the podcast and the YouTube channel at the same time And get all the audio and everything to sync perfectly and i'm reading through all these forums and all these things and it's all like well i use this and i use this and i have to split through this converter and i have my mix board doing this and i have such and such such and such and i was like my brain wanted to blow up i almost just chose to not do the podcast through the youtube channel and just do audio only And so then I started struggling a little bit, even though I have a background in music and was in a band and have a ran mix boards and stuff. I was really struggling to get good levels that weren't just exploding everything through GarageBand because I have, I don't even have a laptop. Well, I do now. I just bought it a week ago for school, but I haven't had a laptop in 10, 12, 15 years. I do everything on iPods or on iPhones and iPads way easier, way easier and never gets computer viruses freaking amazing. Um, I don't know why Windows can't figure that out for themselves. I mean, iPhones have been doing it for decade now or longer. I haven't seen a computer virus since the last time I owned a PC. Anyway, and it was just, it wasn't working. Like it wasn't working. I couldn't get it where I wanted it. And I thought on a one-off, my brain, I reverse engineered a situation. And I thought, what's actually going into this? You need just audio only but you also need it to have video. You need to be able to record one shot and it come out two different things. And the way that I worked around that, and I'm still working around it to this day, maybe there's better versions out there, but any of you people that are aspiring podcasters or YouTubers like, and want to put both out there, like this may be viable for you because this audio quality you're getting right now, again, I have a background in audio like an extensive one. It's been quite a few years, but I mean, hell, I had my own personal recording studio that my brother and I utilized the heck out of for five or six years. I know my way around the ones and twos. I know my way around good audio quality. And this audio quality is not at the top tier that you hear some of these extremely hyper-produced podcasts. Some of them have background tracks. They've got sound beds. They've got the whole, I mean, Sound effects that are so subtle that they don't sound campy. Like that takes, that's that, that's good audio. But it takes someone who gets paid like a professional to put that together. I don't have that time. I could make that happen, but I'm not here to spend 40 hours a week on one episode. I need to bang this dude out in a few hours, right? But I need the quality to be good. I absolutely need the quality to be in the top tier of some of the biggest podcasts out there that's all i need i just need to fit in i don't need to be better than them i just need to sound like i belong there so i went and i listened to some of the huge ones and you know don't don't crap at me because i you know which ones i'm about to mention but like i listen to the joe rogan podcast some like i'm not saying i agree with him in any way shape or form but he's like the biggest freaking podcaster out there his quality is good enough for hundreds of millions of people so okay how does it sound and I went and listened to some of my favorite podcasts, and I went and I picked out a few names and found the highest selling or the highest producing podcast and I went and I listened to them and I compared audio between all of them and then I started recording something and said how does my audio compare and that's the way I chose to go that I am going, because this was the cheapest, easiest fix. And I will stand here and testify to you that this audio works just as well. This quality that you're hearing right now is on par with basically anything out there except for, again, the super hyper-produced. And like, I'm not trying to make a, a graphic audible novel. That's not what I'm trying to do, right? This is a talk show. More or less, it's a talk show, and this quality is there. And y'all, I'm gonna tell you, you're looking at it right here. You see this microphone? Sure. Um, what is this, an MV7? I'd have to go look at my box, but this is a sure podcast specific microphone. Cost me a lot of money, a couple hundred bucks, somewhere in there. But that's the only piece of gear I bought. Y'all, this isn't even coming through a mix board, I don't even mix this. This is literally this straight into my iPhone. And all I have to do is go into an MP3 converter and extract the MP3 and upload that to the podcast um, dashboard. And boom, there's my podcast. But I still have the original source file, which is the video you're watching right now. If you're watching it on YouTube, bam, two for one for the cost of this microphone. No external. And it's fast. I just record it once. I edit it once. I extract the audio and boom, I'm good to go. If I'm having a good day and the episode's flowing and I'm not going to go in and edit the crap out of the sound of me swallowing um, excess saliva or what the heck ever, if I'm not going to do that and the episode went well, I literally can record for an hour and a half and edit for like an hour and 40 minutes, like a few minutes longer to cut in the the ad in the middle and the, the beginning and the end and put it all together. Y'all, I can be done with a podcast if I'm feeling it that day and I'm inspired and it's flowing in four or five hours. And I stand by, I don't think I'm delusional. I stand by that the audio quality is on par with anything out there, except for the big, 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 big overproduced stuff. That's how I think. So see, I found this little workaround, literally buy a good microphone, this Shure MV7 and plug it straight into the iPhone. And it just happened to work I was like, I'm going to try this and see how bad the quality is. Or if it's even reasonable, I got to start somewhere and listen to it. And I was like, holy crap. I just, on my output in the MP3, just crank it up a little bit. And boom, there you go. Anyway, y'all, I just spent six or seven minutes actually talking about podcasting, and I did not mean to do that. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't lose you. Let's talk about the stuff you're going to care about. But for any of you aspiring podcasters, there's a little idea of how you might can get around some of the hurdles that seem to stand in your way. I did not hear or find anyone that did what I'm doing. This literally I came up with organically out of necessity, and it just so happened to freaking work anyway sorry about that let's move on let's get into the camera stuff that was camera stuff but let's talk about um where i intended to go with it which is all of the video i take out there it's done on this iphone in 4k and it's great looking video most people can't tell the difference honestly like it's good quality video the problem is even though the iphones after whatever model where they're all waterproof they're super water resistant like you still don't want to drop your phone in the water and lose it because your whole life lives in that phone does it not like it's it's a cat it's a catastrophe it's a catastrophe. Like, let's get our emphasis on the right syllables. Like, it is a cat-ass trophy when, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry when you lose your phone or destroy it. So you don't want to do that. So, like, I've missed so much good footage out there, guys, on a lot of the whitewater I've done, but I didn't have a GoPro because I don't have 350 freaking dollars for a GoPro to to be on my little passion project, my little YouTube channel that doesn't make me any money yet. I think in another year or two, we may actually hit monetization standards of a thousand subscribers to the YouTube channel. We go about 35 a month. We pick up. It's slow going because I don't advertise because something else I don't have is $3,500 to advertise for a single episode of the show. Like, it's, it's all organic. This is hustling. This is me hustling, but mostly just trying to share myself. So I can't afford a GoPro much as I want one can't afford one. So I've been struggling with this forever and ever and ever and ever, and just trying to make it work with the iPhone, because not only is it more cost effective, it's the damn thing you already have in your pocket and you bought anyway, and you're going to keep buying every time you need a new one. It makes really great video. The only thing it doesn't do well is great audio and it's not super safe to use. You're not going to strap it onto the nose of your kayak, you know, with some kind of crazy holder and hope that it survives. You're not going to do that. So I've missed a lot of good stuff that I really wanted over time because of that. And I have constant audio issues constantly. Like this has been a battle. I've had three different styles of microphone, external microphone that work with a iPhone. I cannot have it be wired. I literally cannot have it tethered to my body. It has to be a wireless setup. So I had like a shotgun style mic and it was actually a Shure mic and it it was a Rode. And it was a pretty good mic, but you have to plug it into the power port. And I actually lost it somewhere on top of Mount Sherman in Colorado. What, a year and a half ago? If you go back and listen to the Exploring Central Colorado episode, in that episode, when I talk about going up to the top of Mount Sherman, up over, or right at 13,000 feet, somewhere up there, that microphone is still there. Leave no trace. I get it. It was an accident. I don't know where it disappeared. I promise you I wouldn't just drop and discard a $130 microphone for no reason. That was pretty functional, but it was wonky as heck. Like trying to keep that mic plugged into your power port and put it in every time you need it, pain in the butt. On top of that, I came back and I got a Movo um, Edge 2, I believe, lapel mic. It worked great for a while until the plastic case broke and I couldn't keep the batteries in and I called and their customer service was absolutely great. I mean, they actually sent me a whole new unit. like It was awesome, but I get the whole new unit and now it won't record half the time. Like, and you have to have this stupid little adapter that plugs into the power port to send. You have a send unit, you have a receive unit. And you have to put that send unit into your phone, and it stands out from your phone out of the case, and it falls out, and you have to keep it in your pocket, and you have to put it in every time, and that creates latency issues if you put it in at the wrong time. Da 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 da. And it turns out that, like, because in my brain, I was like, why can't I just wear headset? Like, just like I use at work every day, which works great, but just have a really good microphone on it. You can't find something like that out there on the market. And I didn't do a ton of ton of research, but I got far enough to reach a point where I felt like the answer to this is probably latency issues with Bluetooth recording. That's probably why my idea of why can't I just have a headset like I already have that has a good lav mic attached to it instead of the cheap one that comes on a $40 headset. You know, why isn't someone making that? Because so many people are vlogging and YouTubing and et cetera, et cetera. Why does that not exist? I think it's a latency issue as best I can tell. And there's like apparently no workaround for that. So that sucks, right? So that's been a constant issue. So now I'm reaching the point like, yeah, yeah, Justin, okay. You've you've been inhibited long enough um, You've got enough people following you. This is an important enough thing to you. You need to look at a GoPro. So I am starting to look at GoPros. And oh my God, my head wants to explode. There's so many things in the GoPro realm from, you know, whatever model to whatever model. And it's it's like it's like comparing oranges to oranges. It's like, well, this one has 0.001 megahertz, blah, blah, blah. And this one has 0.002 megahertz. So it's so much better. Like, no... No, it's probably not. It's point zero zero one percent better. But is that something the average person's gonna hear or see? Like most likely not. It's literally fractions of nothings because the end result is like the same for either one. Um, To accomplish the purpose you want it to. And that's where my brain's getting messed up on these GoPros is like, is one actually got more things that I need it to do available? Is there something like that? Um, And I'm getting into that. And then I discover last night that DJI, who makes awesome drones, and the only reason I haven't bought one is because they're not allowed for use in national parks. I really want one, guys. God, I want one. Drone footage is incredible. But they're super expensive for something you can't use in the most majestic places in the United States. There's some other amazing places, but like Buffalo National River, you can't use one there. Like, not legally. I see that some people have. I don't know, man. Break the rules if you want to. Whatever. But I'm not going to do that. Like it's even if it's a silly rule. I love I love drones, but DJI makes some great stuff. So I'm like they have an action cam that is a competitor to the GoPro that is less expensive. I want to look into that and see that's where I'm at right now. I'm hung up on this battle between which one to go with because you do have to buy these stupid ass accessories. It's like, no, people are only buying these for one thing to go snowboarding, to go kayaking, to go mountain biking. Don't sell me a stinking unit and then say you need this protective housing. The whole damn thing should be a protective housing because that's what you're buying it for is to go out there and beat it to pieces like that. That's one of those just blatant capitalistic things, but trying to figure out between the two and to have the proper mounts because I'm going to have a mountain bike. I've got kayaking and I've got just basic hiking in my normal videos. So I'm in this whole battle and trying to figure out the proper external mic for one. And that would probably be easier than keeping a mic on a phone because you don't have that, that send unit, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, it's a whole thing. So what do you guys use? Do you guys use any of the GoPros? Like, what are you using? You just heard my whole battle. That's one of the main things right now that I'm, is a remaining loose end that I'm hung up on and is kicking my tail all over the place is because I want to just, I need to put an end to it. Like the onboard quality of an iPhone is just as bad as the um, onboard quality of the microphone on a GoPro from what I understand. So I'm going to have to have an aftermarket mic, but I don't have to have that send unit. Like, what do you guys use anything? What do you use? Like, because I need decent audio, especially when it's windy. You got to have a wind muff. Like you literally have to have a wind break um, because you just can't even use the audio a lot of times. You got to find creative ways around it. And that just throws the whole flow of everything off. So are any of you guys using GoPros or are you using the DJI version? I think it's like the, the Osmos or something like that. But anyway... Are you guys using any of that and how do you get around it like this is a battle i've been dealing with forever on these stupid cameras and that's kind of the big hang up that i have is between all of that the iphone's efficient you already have it in your pocket it's done the job well enough forever but it's just not it's also not safe for the phone Everything about it is a little bit wonky and I've just decided it's time to go standalone, a dedicated camera specifically dedicated for adventures that can do all the things I need it to do. So I'm taking feedback. Like I don't have any answers for y'all at the moment, just where my mind's at on it, what my thought processes have been or processes. And like I would love to hear from you guys if you do have any insight on it whatsoever, my wayward story at gmail.com or go join the Facebook group. Find me anywhere you can find me. Um, On the other end, the philosophical side of the camera stuff, this is something that I'm going to talk probably quite at length about, to be completely honest, because this will probably interest most of you or more of you than anything else I've talked about so far, other than maybe the backpack situation, because so many of us are out there taking great photographs. There's like the philosophical side of this camera situation. OK, so let me throw this at you. I mean, I have a camera like now. I've got close to a thousand dollars Canon um, standalone, a high upper end of the mid range. It's not a professional camera, it is a prosumer, but it's at the upper end of the prosumer. It's just under becoming professional. It's like a thousand dollars and then it jumps to like twenty five hundred dollars, just the very top, very close to the top tier of mid range stuff. And you know, I spent better part of almost a thousand dollars on that camera after you get all the things you need for it right not even all the things like i still need some other things we're going to talk about that in a second because that's a part of this discussion once you spend all that you kind of get into this situation where it's like oh my god all these people on instagram are taking better pictures with their iphones and I'm taking better pictures with my iPhone. It's like, guys, here's a secret. Go back and look through my Instagram feed. I bet it's equal parts, thousand dollar freaking standalone photography camera photos and my iPhone pictures, both edited through Lightroom for $4.99 a month. I pay that subscription because I edit enough pictures and it's great. Lightroom's amazing. You can't tell the difference. And people tend to like the iPhone pictures better than the photography pictures. And y'all, again, you know, I'm this creative person who's got the background in a lot of this stuff. I was in photography. I mean, I was in film. I understand F-stops and all the crap. I get it. And I can't make this $1,000 camera take pictures that are as dynamic in range and as good looking It's the stupid iPhone pictures I can take with my iPhone that I already have in my pocket. But, like, I have this internal battle that it's like... But like there's an art to this, Justin, there's technical skill to this. You have to learn about f-stops and all these things and you go out there and you get the picture and you frame it and you take it and you get it just right and bam, you got a winner. You take 200 pictures and you get that one that's the winner and you've accomplished something like, damn, look at that picture. I made that happen. I used my brain. I used my eye for the shot. I got it done. But then I can also just pull out my phone and take the same exact picture with one click of a button. I don't have to mess with any stops, any aperture, any freaking anything. I don't have to mess with anything. And I get a picture that looks better straight out than the stupid camera photo. And that infuriates me because I have a thousand dollar camera that can only do one dang thing, which take pictures. I have a thousand dollar phone that can do 400,000 dang things. I'm doing all of them on it right now do all the research for the show, the recording for this show, the audio recording. It does everything. It's right there. It's one little unit. Y'all, it does not get more efficient than that. And efficiency is so important in the world because efficiency means time is saved and time saved is money saved. Less equipment means less money spent. Like, I've literally kicked around selling my damn camera and getting my money from it as much as I can get back out of it. It's a great camera, but I've kicked around selling that camera and using that money to fund the freaking GoPro situation or something else that I need to tie up loose ends on. But I've always convinced myself, and this is where we're going with this. I've always convinced myself, but you can't do long exposure really with an iPhone. You can't do long exposure. And that's where it's really at, y'all. That's where it's really at for me. I love Astro type of shots. I love moving water like that's where it gets beautiful. But guess what? If I want to do long exposure really well, I need to, like a two hundred and fifty dollar freaking add on piece that will hold actual ND you know filters, all kinds of filters, ND filters, graduated filters, polarizer, whatever. Like you can buy those that screw on, right? But you can't like y'all put it on an ND eight, put on an ND eight in broad daylight. And then try to look through your viewfinder and focus your shot. Impossible. And if you have to screw it on to the end of your lens, you're messing with the focus a little bit, even just little microns, you're messing with the focus. Okay, that's why you buy the clip on for square filters so that you can get your focus and then drop your square in right into the top, take your shot, start messing with your exposure at how long, all that stuff. That's like a $250 piece, and then the filters for good ones? Oh, God. Y'all, we're talking about robbing a liquor store to be able to afford this little add-on situation for a camera that already cost $1,000, right? Or I could do it with my iPhone, as it turns out, because I saw a picture literally this week. I'd heard people were doing long exposure with phones through different apps and this and that. And I was like, no, 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 they're not. They can't be. And I saw a picture on the Instagram this week of an incredible shot of a low head dam. And it was long exposure in broad a broad a daylight. It was in broad frickin daylight. And I messaged I was like that is an incredible shot. Good capture. Great job. What power? Or what, you know, what level ND did you have to use to get that kind of long exposure in broad daylight at noon? And she answers, oh, I did that with my iPhone. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And through a little further interrogation, discovered that using the the live photo situation. And I didn't ask for the details cause I knew I could Google it um, and figure it out for myself. But like, basically this woman just used her freaking iPhone to take a long exposure shot that would cost me like another three or $400 just to get enough equipment to add on to my already 900 and some odd dollar camera to even attempt to take that shot. She just did it with her damn phone right out of her pocket. And that brings up the whole philosophical argument of, but learning the skill. Learning the skill of photography, but this is why it's a philosophical question is if the picture looks good, what's the point of the picture to start with to share an image with people that you want to see to share something, a scene that you want people to see? That's truly at its core what photography's all about, is it not? So it's like a quandary. It it hurts my soul, like it kills my soul all the way dead when I really fight with this, because it's like I could sell this equipment now that I know that you can legit do long exposure. I saw an astro shot here recently that I just didn't believe them. when they were like, "No, I literally took that on an iPhone," and I thought you're lying. I literally believed they were lying. Now I don't, because there's no way she should have been able to get that shot exposed perfectly, foreground, background, daylight, dark, and this huge. I mean, the water. Y'all, if you know photography, just trust me on my word when I say it dropped my jaw. And then she says it came from an iPhone. It broke my soul in half. I, I can't even. So now I'm like, what do you do about this? Because I want to man, I've spent so many hours perfecting, not perfecting, practicing and getting to where I am with photography, using the right things, and there's so much fun. And I mean there is there is, you know, another inhibition, even though they figured this out, there is another in, inhibiting factor, which is if you're like this great for landscape and apparently long exposure, but it's great for landscape because when you're in and you can get it even wider than what it would cost a huge amount of money for a lens on an actual standalone camera to go super wide cost several hundred dollars at the minimum well you just do that on the iPhone now by zooming out right and you take the shot granted this is the inhibiting factor is it has a lot of aberration aberration around the edges a lot of warping but if you're taking landscape landscape is is it's a mishmash it's a chaotic you know set of things there's trees there's there's ridge lines there's mountains there's clouds it's all random it's all super random so that operation doesn't stand out like you can go in and look for it and find it but it doesn't stand out unless you're taking like buildings or something like that so that's one of the inhibiting factors it's it's great for landscape and I guess apparently you know long exposure photography but that's kind of like it because you can't, or, or portraits, you can do good portraits. Portrait mode is great and takes better pictures. Yeah, it lacks a little in resolution. If you zoom all the way down into to super tight and go, oh, look, look at all this missing data. Look, you can tell that this isn't a high quality camera. But who zooms in that close? They're just looking at the stinking picture at face value at arm's length in front of them. Or on the screen in their lap, on their laptop or their iPad or wherever they're looking at their Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Back to the point of the argument. Pictures are meant to be seen and viewed for the scene that you are trying to relay to someone as opposed to necessarily pick to pieces critically, right? Because you're not out there trying to win a contest. You're trying to share something beautiful you saw. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, isn't it? What do you take photography for? Let's, let's say that maybe that's what the deciding factor in the argument should be. What is your photography about? What are you trying to get captures for? For me, yeah, I love the challenge of trying to learn it, trying to get things out of that camera that I didn't think it could do, like Astro. It's not set up to be a good Astro camera. I don't have a tracking head. I don't have all those things, but I can get some pretty darn good astro shots. And that's a big thing for me. I love that. I love the long exposure, but I have to have overs to cast sky because I don't have the 300 and $400, however much it would take total to get the right filters together and the right kind of, um, assembly to attach those filters and be able to do it properly. I can't afford that. Apparently I can do it with my iPhone. But again, it has its limitations. Anything that's linear in nature, structures, you know, human built buildings that have linear lines, right angles. You can't do as much with the iPhone because that aberration on the edges, it gets out of hand and you can obviously see something doesn't look right. As well as like wildlife, a lot of you, and this is where it's going to matter more to y'all, most of y'all is really into wildlife photography. You're not going to get good wildlife shots with an iPhone because you need some form of a telephoto lens. Because you can only get so close to most animals, you can't. You can zoom in with your iPhone, but then, then when you're taking the picture zoomed in, all that missing data becomes very apparent. You cannot get crisp shots at a distance when you have to zoom in with your phone camera or Android, either one. I keep saying iPhone because that's what I own, but Android, same dang thing. Um, so you're not you're limited. Still, you do kind of need a film, an actual um stand alone photography, camera, if you want to take that kind of stuff. But it's just a weird battle for me because I'm always trying to be more efficient. I'm trying to get more out of less. I'm trying to do more with less items. And it would sure be awful handy To have another, you know, have seven or eight hundred dollars of that thousand I spent on that camera back and, you know, be able to invest it in something else and be able to do all my photography with my phone. It's just so much easier. That's why I have so many pictures. I told you if you go to my Instagram and look it over why it's a mishmash of taking with my phone and taking with the camera is because the camera, I enjoy trying to use it. But the phone is so much easier. And sometimes I've had the camera in and out of my backpack all day to protect it, et cetera, et cetera. And it just ain't, I'm done with it. I'm like, this looks great. This is a great looking picture. Here, I'm just going to snap a few with my phone. There's no moving anything. It's not Astro. It's not running water. It's just a landscape. And end up ultimately loving those shots. So like, I've got kind of a mixture of both. Um, And I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to, I don't know if the argument should be, do you want it to be about, you know, really, the art and the technical aspect of it, is that what you want it to be about? If it is, then that's what you should probably do with it. But I don't think we should get so high and mighty as many people do. There's a reason I say that. You get online and you see some of these arguments, it's heated debate. I don't think we should be so high and mighty as to be like, well, they're not really an artist. They took it with a freaking iPhone. You know what? The things that make photography art don't have anything to do with the device that takes it. I mean, honestly, the things that make photography art is subject, framing, headspace, composition. What are you trying to show? How are you trying to show it? Perspective. Like, you can do all of those things with a phone of any kind the same way you can with a 1000 or $3,500 camera, for that matter, or a $10,000 camera. Those exist. Like, the things that make it art are not... How finely detailed and crisp the final result is. What it is, is the image you're trying to show and was it put together in a way that brings the viewer in, pleases the eye, and tells some kind of a story. Whatever that story is, that's what makes photography art. So it be kind of arrogant um, and self-important, I think, to beat down on people that are doing great photography with their phone. I really do, though I feel parts of that argument in my own soul, and it's been a whole battle. It's been a whole philosophical existential crisis within me for some time now, and ultimately still don't know what I'm going to do about it. So I'd love to hear some of you guys, some of y'all, let's just say y'all, I always say you guys to be more proper, but it's way wonkier. It's less efficient than saying y'all, and tonight's episode has been all about efficiency except for the use of my words because I've rambled on and on and on. But I'd like to hear from you guys. What do you guys use? How are you doing photography? What are your thoughts on using your iPhones and your Androids to do your photography? And are you? Are you getting great results? Like, I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know how I'm going to approach this quite yet. Um, the third thing I'm probably going to approach, though, is actually the GoPro situation. Probably need to tie that up. I can argue with myself more later about a standalone camera versus my iPhone because that doesn't doesn't really fall into that needs to be taken care of category yet. It's not really a necessity to accomplish the things I want out there. And oh yeah, I was going there with that just to tie up that thought, that loose end. Photography is what you make of it and what you're trying to use it for. And if you're not trying to be an award-winning like photographer, it's about sharing an experience, which is what this show all about in so many ways. Sharing your experiences, me sharing mine, hopefully you guys sharing yours with us. Like, it's all about that. For me, my photography, though I enjoy trying to make it artsy-fartsy and learning the ins and outs and utilizing years of knowledge of how to do this stuff, at the end of the day, it's about just sharing pictures with y'all to show you, if you're not out here, you don't see this, except through my lens, and it's not the same. It's not the same as seeing it in person. And that's what this show is ultimately all about, is trying to encourage all of you to get out there and live your lives, live the experiences. And me putting those pictures out, the whole goal and the videos, all of it, the whole goal is just to hopefully encourage you Inspire you in some ways, but encourage you, prompt you to get out. Like you, for every, you know, it's not a guarantee that you're going to see an amazing sunset every night that you go out, but you have to be there when that sunset is happening or you'll never get that picture. You'll never get that. And forget the picture. You'll never get the experience of sitting there and enjoying that sunset in person if you don't get out and do it. So I think the argument really comes down to what's your photography for? And, you know, shake off, <laughs> shake it off. As Taylor said, you know, forget about the haters because the haters are going to hate, 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 hate. Like just do you go out there and do you. And if it works for you to take your photography, take your pictures on your camera, uh, your iPhone, your Android, man, go for it. Because at the end of the day, it's just about sharing the experience with the people you care about and whatever it is you want to tell the world. Um, this ran on, Gosh, we're well over an hour. We got a full episode, and y'all, I don't know that we even stayed on much subject of outdoorsy type of stuff, though it's kind of where it was intended to go. I do apologize, but hey, it flowed relatively smoothly on my end, so we're going to call it an episode, and maybe we'll get a second episode out of this same concept down the road, because I still didn't even get to talk about the sleeping bag or the water shoe situation. Like, those were on there as possible, in case I didn't ramble too long, but I should have known me. I did. So we're going to call this an entire episode. I appreciate you guys for sticking around for the duration of this Rambler. Um, I encourage you to get in touch with us. Again, go to Facebook. Find our page, Wayward Stories. Join our page. Let's have some conversations. Go to the website for anything you need to find, www.waywardstories.com. If you want to write to me directly, mywaywardstory at gmail.com. Again, I appreciate you guys. Please like and subscribe so much. Those of you who have already done that, I appreciate it so much. Like, subscribe, share. And other than that, man, I don't have anything. Again, just thanks for hanging around for this full rambler. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Until we meet again, you guys be good to each other.